0: What's going on, Commonwealth, and welcome back to another episode of the Bluegrass Soccer You're home for all things soccer right here in the beautiful Commonwealth of Kentucky. It is beginning to feel a lot like fall out there, John, and I could not be happier. Uh, what say you on the start of the fall season? I mean, I'm,
1: I like fall overall. I think some people over do it especially in kentucky because right now right now it feels like fall but y'all don't really get fall you have like no Yes. you have a week where the leaves are still up yep and it's cool yeah and then they just all drop Mm -hmm. and then it'll go back to being like 70 degrees yep for no reason
0: for absolutely no reason at all but it is what it is man and uh it's that, that beautiful time of year. Also, my birthday's in fall, so that also makes me like the season a little bit more. Yeah,
1: but John, it's your fall birthday, like my fall
0: birthday. Oh. Do you want to say that on air, or do you want to save that for off air?
1: I mean, I don't care if people... I think it's on my Twitter.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, mine my twi- is October 17th. Yeah.
1: My birthday's Thanksgiving. Get out of my love.
0: Oh, look at you. Look at you, Mr. Thanksgiving, baby.
1: Happens Look like every 14 years, but...
0: <laughs> I like... Is this year... Uh, are you on Thanksgiving? Nice. Yeah. So they better have cake. So do you have cake or do you have pie at Thanksgiving? We're getting in way off. I,
1: okay. I am... This is very controversial. I do not like pies.
0: Oh. There is,
1: there is never been a pie, regardless if it's like pecan or pumpkin, oh. or oh. key lime, or
0: oh.
1: apple, or any of that type of sort my that I have found that it's... I like. I think it's a te- it's mainly a texture thing for me. Oh, I think no, however John. they're cooked, I just don't like them.
0: I am a pie guy. Like, I love pie. I don't like cake, especially now. I'm not big not on
1: cakes this, but... either. I like cake. But, like, it has to be the right kind of cake. I am more like a cookie mm. cookie brownies. or like. Or I would say if I had to pick a baked good, it would be brownies.
0: Yeah. It, and I think especially over the last several years with, you know, the emergence of Starbucks and Insomnia Cookies and Crumble Cookie and stuff like that, I definitely can say that yes. I much prefer those kind of treats as opposed Crumb- to, like, a whole slice is- of cake or something.
1: Crumble is overrated. I like Crumble.
0: It is those a expensive.
1: cookies are very expensive and they're very overwhelming.
0: But they're Crumble, we like would love your product, and if you want to sponsor like, the episode, let I me know. like
1: Crumble. I just think it's a little overrated. <laughs> I think Insomnia. If you have a fresh Insomnia cookie, because they oh. serve those like warm, warm. Yeah. Those hit. Those hit.
0: So I have to. Get the uh, the dairy free or the vegan cookies, and they're almost always fresh. Oh, it's because yeah, I don't think they're yeah, somebody's gonna.
1: I don't think they're chilling What's with what? like twenty four vegan cookies. Just be like, oh, everyone <laughs> orders these, so we gotta make sure we just have <laughs> extra.
0: Exactly, I'm a special special boy, John. I get the warm cookies. You get the leftovers. John, let's go to our what is honestly probably one of my favorite parts of the show. I forgot my Apple Watch. Oh, well. Um, I want to do our random icebreaker question of the week. Here we go. Show us your phone background and tell us the story behind why you picked that image. Which one? Your phone background. Oh, well, I guess if you're lock screen and...
1: with iPhone, you have a bunch.
0: Yeah, you have two. So when yeah. I'm home, I have Flat like a. I have
1: like a home setting, which is just my uh-huh. wife at the Chattanooga airport, or not airport aquarium. And then I was like,
0: "There's an airport at Chattanooga."
1: My regular one is one of us from our wedding. Um, and then my work one is just like this water background I found.
0: Oh, because pools—that makes sense
1: yeah and then i have a sleep one which is literally just black <laughs> wow uh so well, I learned it's like two things the iphone it's like the iphone sleep setting oh type okay. thing i set like the alarm thing so it just does that i have one that's specifically when i'm like following soccer and stuff mm. and that is of francesco toti
0: okay that looks pretty cool with the red that's pretty cool yeah
1: I then have my Lexington one, which is a shot that they gave out of Tariq Muhammad. Can't really mm. see here.
0: You can kind of see it, yeah.
1: And then this my last one is my driving one, which I like Formula One, so it's a it's a overhead shot of Charles
0: Leclerc's car. Nice. Did you take that picture? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just learned two things I about you, That's Eichon. in Monaco. You haven't been to Monaco, John? Come on. Everybody's been to Monaco, right? Everybody in the chat, say, I've been to Monaco. Um, I learned two things about you just then. Uh, One, you like to have different backgrounds for different settings. Uh, And two, you use military time.
1: Military time is superior. I mean, why? Because... One is how everyone else does it.
0: <laughs> really? The rest of the world? I didn't know that, honestly.
1: I was literally walking around Italy and I like I didn't know this. I had heard that Europe was kinda like this, but I didn't think it was like that big of a deal. And I asked some like some random guy, my group, either I forget if I did or some hmm. random someone in our group asked like what time is it? And he straight up said like sixteen twenty two. And, ha- and my entire group, but like me and one other kid who was in like uh, NKU's ROTC program looked at like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> so was that 422, right? Let's go. I uh.
1: just think it's easier just because, like, it can, it's for me, it's more straightforward. Like, I had to actively catch myself sometimes when I'm writing articles not to put,
0: <laughs> mm.
1: like, not to put 7 PM. 19, 1,900.
0: Yeah. I could see that. Um, I am way more simpler than that, John. Um, I have one, which is just a picture of my wife and I at Taylor Swift um, in front of Nissan Stadium. Um, and I waited on my phone for like nine hours to get those tickets. And i had I so glad I got them.
1: I had 18 tabs open. Holy because, God. Well, no, that was because so I have a little more free time at my work where I'm mm. like sitting in front of a computer and I can have the ability to do that. My wife's right. a pharmacy tech, so she didn't necessarily yeah. have that ability. No free and time. she has three younger sisters, and the youngest is 14. Mm. So I was sent. They made <laughs> me do it. I had five pre-sale codes, <laughs> and I was told, to get Make in anyone, anyone that was in a 10-hour drive of where we live. Wow. And we still didn't get tickets.
0: Did you get them on the second chance?
1: No, because the Capital One Oh, like the second go-around? No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then the Capital One because her dad, my father-in-law, has a Capital One credit card. That one, like, bobbled it. Like, they didn't have, yeah. like, so any at all it's just hmm. the amount of anxiety i went through that day <laughs> i wasn't even gonna go to I and like you. her youngest went like her second the youngest like literally went through all the stages of grief
0: <laughs> all <laughs> like
1: in one set. I've, I've not like i physically over a month watched this girl go through like denial, and like she's just like, it's fine. You guys got it. You're just lying to me. You're just pulling my chain. It's going to become day of concert, and we're going to go. And I'm just like, no. I didn't. No. No, I'm sorry. Wow.
0: Well, on that depressing note, uh, today we have another fantastic show for you, and I want to start, uh, kind of mix a little bit of uh, the bottom line and off the top. Uh, to start with, Racing Louisville, they had a magical, <clears throat> excuse me, a magical run last week, making it all the way to the NWSL Challenge Cup final. Um, unfortunately, they did fall short um, in that matchup 2-0 to zero to the North Carolina Courage. Uh, but I don't want to lose sight at how great this was for this team and for um, this team fandom and this club in general right so if you think about it in a week span they beat two of the best teams in the regular season of the NWSL and the number one seed in the challenge cup yeah historically they beat, yes.
1: they beat two of the historically best teams in yeah. the, in, in the league and they 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 right now there's only one team they've never beaten
0: right That's and who is courage. that the courage see there was a
1: lot listen listen i understand racing fans where you can be sad yes but this is like arguably the best week you've had ever yes
0: yes this is it was a great week to be a fan and yes it would have been even better to hoist a trophy right To, to raise a banner that would have been even raise, more phenomenal.
1: To win their first legit trophy. We had some yeah. people with some of the stuff we posted coming at us with, did I imagine, the 2021 Women's Cup? The Women's Cup is a friendly, invitational tournament. There's yeah. no way to like physically earn your way into that. It's just yeah. whoever the organizers pick. So yeah. it is a trophy, but it's a it's like a preseason-type trophy. Because right. like, I did I did my digging because I hadn't heard of this. And like the, fir- the semifinal against the Red Stars mm-hmm. ended in a draw. And the NWSL counted that match as a draw. It was an official NWSL match. And then the shootout was solely for the women's cup. <laughs> I was like, that is evidence right there how that's not like a big trophy. That's a preseason no. trophy. Every yep. club has preseason trophies.
0: And there's nothing wrong no one, with it.
1: No one counts that. Spurs has preseason trophies. Yet the whole thing with Spurs is they've not won a trophy since like the 70s. There's Mm -hmm. a reason why like actual tournament trophies or season trophies are like a big thing and not a two off game.
0: Right. And, you know, I'm not big on like moral victories or anything like that. Right. Like you win or you lose. Right. But I just think this run. That they've had over the last week and a half, two weeks or so, uh, should not be forgotten. Just because they lost two to zero, right? Like sp- it was. Uh, go for it. It
1: was a perfect storm of losing two yes. to zero. They had to travel all the way out to Seattle, yep, all the way over to North Carolina, yeah. Which I think they even stopped in Louisville to train. And wow. Last, maybe. The thing, the hard thing with content, the hard thing with content that comes out of teams is that sometimes you have no idea when that stuff was shot. Yeah, like Lexington put out a thing where they were like on Saturday or something, like a training little thing, or it might have been Sunday morning. I know for a fact they didn't come back to Lexington after Noco, but just like gave it the image they did. They. Media teams have stuff in the chamber. So it could be fresh, but it also could be shot before they went out to Seattle or something like that.
0: Right. And, you know, you mentioned the storms, right? That that was something else I wanted to talk about, um, about specifically the championship game. Why the f- was this game played at noon on a Saturday?
1: I don't. Listen, I can understand the Saturday thing because the date was set.
0: But prior. noon?
1: I don't I didn't understand the noon. I didn't so, understand. Because uh, I thought, oh, and NF- NCFC, because the Courage shared a stadium with them. I was like, oh, yeah. it must be at noon because they're playing at home. And the league would have sense. And the league can't reschedule that because that one's set in stone. And yeah, they just found out Wednesday that they were hosting for the championship. I was like, okay, whatever. No, they were in Greenville.
0: Yeah. It, that would have made complete sense. So you're telling me the number one seed, Seattle, OL Reign, right? They were the number one seed. If they had been, if they had beaten Racing Louisville, North Carolina would have traveled to Seattle to play a 9:30 a.m. local kickoff game.
1: That's well, huh? I'm questioning because I couldn't find anywhere where it mentioned. When, like the championship game was because you can do searches where you can find articles that are posted prior to stuff right and i couldn't find it so that was an active decision from like wednesday onward or around wednesday to play that game and i don't know if that was by cbs i don't know if that was by the league
0: yeah and and that's what i thought
1: it's hard. Like, it was really hard. The NWSL is always looking at a new, uh, new broadcast rights partner. Which
0: I hope they do.
1: I do at the same time, but I also worry if they go to like ESPN that, that some issues are going to arise.
0: I, I because, honestly don't think they'll go to ESPN. ESPN doesn't have the money, and yeah. I don't think they're interested in soccer.
1: I, it would be interesting if they partnered with the MLS.
0: And did Apple? And now then, that like, would be interesting.
1: If they did something with that, where like one, I think Apple. If if you if a- Apple charges a hundred dollars and you tell me I get MLS and NWSL, that's, that's pretty worth good.
0: It. In that's my opinion, good. that's
1: worth it. Yeah, with their no blackout things, that's worth yeah. it. And that the I'm picturing an NWSL MLS partnership with the usl's launching of the super league because the usl well the usl super league is going d1 or they're trying as least as reports are indicating to get d1 sanctioning and a majority i think the only one that isn't is dallas fort worth Mm -hmm. a majority of the usl cities super league cities have a usl team partner yeah so it's stupid for the NWSL. Now, some of them can't because, like, racing had partners actively with Blue City. Everything <laughs> that that club does is, like, every little header you see is racing Louisville. yeah, there are racing and Blue City's logos right next to each other. Our press passes literally say both.
0: They've got both there. on there.
1: So, they're different, but, like, Chicago. New York, Gotham. I don't know which one they would choose. New
0: York, or. New probably,
1: Jersey. Probably the Red Bulls since they play in the
0: same... That would be my, stadium. Be my assumption.
1: Stadium. Um, San Diego when it eventually launches OL, Reign, which is just... I'm sorry, I'm still butthurt that Olympic Leon came in and decided to name a Seattle team OL, Reign, and just drop Seattle from it.
0: I, I don't have. It, it's just. To it's just. just, just the dumbest
1: thing. It's just the dumbest thing that we have a Seattle team that we call OL Reign.
0: Oh wait, so it's wait.
1: They were the Seattle Reign, the Olympic de Lyon's from France, entered huh? like a p- partnership with them. And for those who don't know, Lyon's in France is arguably the probably the the most successful women's club.
0: Ever, um, I did not know that. I would never I've, put two and two together. I just thought it was something to do with like the region. Like I thought that was more of like a region the Pacific name,
1: Pacific Northwest, C- Cascadia. Yeah, not,
0: yeah like I, I thought it was something like that, Putrid Sound, like something. No, so literally, it's Leon. Wow.
1: I think I think the official name of the team is Olympic Day on Day Rain.
0: So that's literally the same as uh, like Real. No, what was it? Uh, Chivas USA.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they were founded as the Seattle Reign. And then in 2020, OL Group, the parent company of French clubs Olympic Lyonnais and Olympic Lyonnais Feminal, became the team's majority owner and rebranded the current name, badge, and colors.
0: Whatever, dude that's strange well John pulling it back to to racing here I have to give a shout out to Katie Lund who in the championship game alone or in the final I should say had nine saves like she really kept uh, racing in this game despite you know the offense sputtering a bit
1: I and yes she did she played very well. She's played she played very well outside of that one mistake over these past three games. It was just I the weather delay, which was a yeah. long it was a long weather what, delay. Two like three too. Was like hours. Two two, three hours. Something and like they. it was two, three hours. They had played like twenty minutes yeah. or something like that. Like I that's I think is the worst time to have a weather delay is yeah. like midway through the first half. Midway through like the first to, or second half. <laughs> yeah um, because I think with all that it just was a perfect storm for racing. They couldn't with the traveling and all that type stuff, it was just not meant to be it yeah. it but they' made steps they've they're, it's forward progress they've done a huge amount of forward progress. it sucks to it's yes, it's a moral victory, but like sometimes you have to have moral victories before you can have Mm -hmm. real ones.
0: True. And, you know, under Coach Kim, like, the team has just gotten to another level, right? Like, it's always won a little bit better, a little bit better. So to make it this far, honestly, (coughs) to me, it sets them up great for uh, the playoff run ahead of them. uh, And really, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to get into the playoff. Um, I don't know if, if that means OL Rain get knocked out because uh, they're in last place, I believe, for the playoffs. Uh, but let me double check. That would be phenomenal. While you're it, looking on that,
1: it's really tight. I know that. So,
0: but last two points for me. You know, I just I really want to heavily emphasize like Racing is showing that they can go toe to toe with any of the best teams in the NWSL and can knock off any of them on on a given day, right? Like, Um, yeah.
1: Put it this way. The Wave are right now in first place. mm -hmm. In the span of three games, Racing played number two, who was one at the time, three and four teams. Yep. And they won two of those matches.
0: Yep. And, you know, despite the loss... There's a lot of massive positivity coming towards racing at this point, and I just really hope you know, as fans, we continue to support this team and continue to to grow the fan base and continue to grow the NWSL and here in Kentucky. So,
1: yeah, there's six points out of first right now. Yep, in seventh,
0: right, which is crazy. Like the NWSL is so tight.
1: It's And really who's currently off.
0: in six? Did you say, I apologize if I missed uh,
1: that. In six, let me just In six is Washington Spirit, who are two points okay. ahead.
0: Which Racing has had a fair amount are, of success against.
1: To be fair, they are tied with Angel City, who, have been, who have been playing really good. I think that I heard somewhere mm-hmm. they were undefeated since they, or unbeaten, not undefeated, unbeaten since they fired their coach. Uh, wow. But racing has a racing has a margin on goal difference with Angel City.
0: Hmm. Um, we w- we'll talk a little bit more about racing here in a minute. Just kind of wrapping up all of that. But you know, now John, let's shift shift to a little bit more of our traditional off the top um, kind of topics. Um, two things that I just wanted to to talk about here. Um, the first one, there was a video that you, you sent in our, our chat earlier today. Uh, there was some got... kind of scuffle between uh, Emil Knight and a fan in the, the Fuego game. John, kind of set the scene for, for what happened.
1: So the information is still very, very spotty. The video I found was slightly edited, shortened version of another one. But no, I I sent you guys the full one, the whole one yeah. from TikTok. The one that's yep. going around on Twitter is a little shortened one, and that that one's been shared in our main channel of our Discord as well, and it's been shared so in the join RailBird. our Discord. It's been shared on the Railbirds. It's if you follow League One, you've probably found it. Um, Fuego's squad, Fuego's supporter group called which is Fire Squad. I believe Fire which, Squad Fuego.
0: Okay, that's a pretty good, pretty good um, section name.
1: Someone who has connections with them or something found this video, this Capo's, and this video sl- slightly going viral. Um, like five thousand likes, something like that on TikTok, which slight viral, slight viral. Yeah, slightly. Slight.
0: It's slight. Better than anything we um, posted.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but it shows. So the, the the players are leaving the pitch and apparently where um, the VIP area-ish area at Fresno Soccer Stadium, which Lexington fans, if you noticed, I don't know if they just changed where the camera was in this game versus the previous Fresno game, but it was definitely a different, it looked like a different stadium than the last time we played. I don't know if they just changed the side of the field the camera was on, but it was a little different. Um,
0: I just remember the, seeing the trees at the end. That's the only signs yeah, I the had.
1: VIP area is right where the players walk on and leave, which Toyota is not like that. I walk around where the players' locker rooms and stuff are, but I also at the same time was like, Two feet away from the kid, guy who did this to us, and I just ignored him because I'm not, I'm not a psycho fan. Anyways, no. as Knight and some other players, Nico, Diouf, Mane, trying to remember who else was there, might have been Balogun and Smart. You know, the uh, African American players specifically, or those of African descent, were walking off the pitch something was being said i can't really make out what's being said and i fan pushed knight now i will say this knight gets heated he is a very competitive individual there's been multiple games i've seen him yell at people at the end of the game or other people where he has been in restraint the no-co comeback win there was that thing with him and amon near like the dugout he is a heated individual Um, but
0: he's a passionate individual
1: so he doesn't take stuff lightly but he also i have never seen him like physically get in an altercation with someone he has gotten in other players faces but he has never like pushed hit or any of that type of thing
0: more of so, an agitator than a drink You starter. could
1: you yeah, you could say he agitated but again. I have no idea what the story is. A lot of people don't know what's being said. And I'm I'm not trying to like give the fan a pass. I'm just saying because you see after after Knight gets pushed, he like chucks something at the fan.
0: It's a glove. Like, he throws his one of his gloves at him. I couldn't he tell, tell if it, it was a glove later, or so. a
1: water bottle or something. It was It's
0: yellow. And I think I'm pretty sure he had on yellow gloves in that match.
1: Yeah, he gets he's got he had those he has very nice yellow gloves. Anyways, something happened along those lines, and to his credit, Nico and some uh, Nico and might have been smart, like kind of push him out and just get him out of there. But the Fuego security is just not doing anything. They're they're not there. There is one you can see one because she has the like scan one thing. If you look. But she's literally but she just standing. she's just standing there like this, like has her arms out, like in between yeah. them, like the guy just assaulted it a, a push, you could argue a push assault. I think yeah. I think by the court of law it can technically count as an assault. Yeah. Assaulted a player, which during every game I've been to, there's always this little announcement granted that said like right when gates open, when there's no one's there. Mm-hmm. So that's debatable. If anyone hears this announcement, you know, you're not allowed to do this, 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 this reminder type thing. It was really weird. Um, but to Fuego's credit, this is not from their supporter group. This is like a standalone individual who is at the game. This is not Fuego's thing. And that type of thing. Not a player. Um, it's not a player. This is no one who's like really involved with the team or at the stadiums consistently that I know of. Um you can kind of see might might be the beginnings of this when D U scores his PK and he goes off and does a similar celebration and there's mm-hmm. fans behind right there. the like behind the uh, like advertisement thing mm-hmm. and they're doing gestures that very much look like they're flipping off. The players and they're probably saying some other stuff which i'll say this i'm fine with a little taunting back and forth you can yell at players type of thing but there's a line yep there there is a line they're flipping off eh, type of thing um but there you're i post i posted this on my I retweeted what the USL Players Association, uh, or I quote tweeted it. Um, Any of the uh, phobic or racist, sexist isms, phobics, any of that type of stuff, you should, doesn't matter if you hate the player, any of that type of stuff, doesn't matter if that player scored five and is doing stupid celebrations in front of you, that's not warranted. That It does not matter. It it's just does not matter. There's no excuse for it to do it. It doesn't look good on the team that you're tr- being saying you're a fan of. It doesn't look good on anybody.
0: Nope. There's
1: no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, and I would
0: feel that same way if it was a Lexington fan to a Fuego player. Like You just can't do that. Yes, it's not acceptable.
1: Yes, and they're... When in the Greenville game, there was some fans that did something uh, I'm not going to mention, but I've since talked with those individuals about it. It wasn't anything racist, it was raunchy, more so if any of that type of thing. But it wasn't like there wasn't anything around like I have, I, you need to be removed, mm-hmm. sort of thing. It was hey, watch yourself type thing but I addressed it when I saw that um, because we as the Railbirds do not accept anything of that sort amongst our group and there's not a group in the league that I know accepts it um, especially in American soccer there's not really any of that sort of, sort of thing there are groups that rub people the wrong way but no group is racist No group is like extreme one, at least the exclusionary groups like we have seen in Europe type of thing.
0: There's no major hooliganism or anything like that that happens. Well, there's there's still racism.
1: There's still racism and racist stuff in um, Europe. We've seen the whole thing with Venancia Jr. last year. Lazio is historically racist like I saw a video cuz they got drawn with Celtic in the Champions League and last time they played each other it was like 2017 and Lazio fans like did the fascist like marching salute down the streets of Glasgow yeah so like if Dear god I'm just saying this to American fans one all at least in League One, all the groups are very friendly and welcoming of each other. If you message the group, would be like, "Hey, I'm an away fan, I'm coming to visit." You're not gonna be like mugged. You shouldn't be mugged. Um, <coughs> but don't let. And this is more of an outside thing. Don't let some European call American racist type of stuff because they have their own issues that right. they still deal with. It's a. It's still a global thing. It's not an American only thing.
0: Well, I think the long and the short of of all of this is, any of that kind of behavior is not accepted in sport, in life in general. Um, And I think we got to do our best to eradicate that out of our existence in society, especially in the civilized society around a a fun sporting competition that soccer is like. It's not. As much as I love talking about it and going to the games and cheering and stuff like that, it ain't that big a deal. So, oh, no. What happened, John?
1: Aaron Rodgers leaves field in the first quarter with an apparent leg injury.
0: Oh. <laughs> poor Aaron Um And speaking of, well, you know, we're completely breaking um, – what we were talking about there was a comment uh from earlier in the show yes mount olympia in seattle or outside of seattle in washington is is close enough like you you could make that argument as to that is why they're the ol rain but that doesn't explain if they were if they
1: called yeah. So if they went like the olympia rain yeah i would take it but they it's the olympia leones
0: yeah (laughs) it's that part um, so then, John, for our last topic here for off the top, uh, there was a new USL League One team announced. Um, Portland, Maine. Welcome to the club starting in 2025.
1: Um, Which apparently, like our producer got a little butthurt hurt because they <laughs> only have like 70,000 people. Yep. And like Bowling Green has like 150,000. Hey, man. Um, but apparently from the video they put out, now, granted, this is a video put out from the group, so uh-huh. take take that what you will. It's a very much a soccer town. It, I mean, it
0: looks like, like
1: it. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, Raj from Men and Blazers has been there. He mm-hmm. said it was a soccer town. So I'm not denying it's not. What I think this with this this is what America needs. Yep, is they need more of these smaller cities. That a
0: thousand be- percent agree.
1: Be dedicated because that's what England is. Yep, Luton Town. This huge story is not that big of a city.
0: Hey, those uh remodel that looks pretty nice.
1: Oh yeah, you know what I found out recently. You know what Luton Town's thing is stupid about their stadium that wasn't up to par. What? They don't have underfield. They didn't have underfield heating. So I guess all huh. Premier League stadiums have to have like a way to heat the field to, I guess, make sure it's not, like, stiff and hard, which is understandable. That's, for anybody who's, like, Crazy. I'm from Michigan, who, if you have played a sport in, like, late October, November, when it's cold.
0: January.
1: That field is concrete.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, I understand that, but I was like, really? That's the one thing that Luton Towns little 10,000-seat stadium didn't have up to bar in the Premier League standards was underground field eating.
0: Well, and there are ways to kind of go around that, right? Like, you can... They,
1: they installed it. They, oh, they, they did? Got installed. Okay. yeah That was, like a... that was like, the one thing they had to do.
0: There's you can other... like the, the Vikings and the Packers used to do with, like, the old, like... They'd put, like, basically a tarp over the field and then blow, like, hot-air jets that into will... it.
1: What was it? The Viking, the Packers famously did something in like the ice bowl. It was like the 60s. They put like straw or something over the field. And like the Cowboys came expecting to play on like a hard concrete surface, so they were wearing the wrong type of cleats or something like that. I don't know how much credit that has to the game. That's just like a legend I've heard type thing. Hmm. But I I bet you there's something in the soccer world about that.
0: Different cleat structures have different, you know, fields that they perform best on.
1: Fuego, Fuego needs to fix that field or Fresno. Yeah, it didn't look right. That was pat. You you shouldn't have a dedicated soccer pitch with that many patches. Like that looked arguably worse than the Omaha field.
0: Like it looked like, and I'm being serious when I say it looked like the field had some kind of. Like sickness, like the field was something was wrong with the turf, like it had some kind of infection or fungus or something, right? And that
1: could that, be it. And that's hard to tr- fight as groundskeepers sometimes, is trying to stop it. But there's no reason a D1 school with a professional mm-hmm. team on an act that's an actual grass field at least it looks, appears that way. If that's yeah. turf, that's just shockingly.
0: Nowhere, that's sorry. turf. That's that's grass.
1: <laughs> um, there's no reason you shouldn't have. Berea has a better soccer pitch than that.
0: <laughs> yep, absolutely. So, John, you know, pulling back here to Portland, uh, they will. They've been working on this USL to Portland, Maine project since 2019, um, in an effort to bring the professional ranks to Portland. Which yes
1: it appears this is of like it appears that way this is a yeah. uh, like a crowd uh fan funded ish I don't know if necessarily fan owned but fan funded at least yeah
0: I, I think I think there's there's still that one owner probably that's you know got a lot of money yes, by, of the by
1: the usF regulation 30 percent has to there has to be at least a 30 percent majority owner yep. like one person has to own at least 30 percent of the team.
0: But then the rest of the team, I agree, it seems like is more fan-owned. Uh, they put a lot of their funds into upgrading Fitzpatrick Stadium. Doesn't mean anything to me, but I'm sure to the people in Portland, that's like a, a go-to stable. Um, and then the last part from the article that I wanted to hit on, you know, USL to Portland has made a lot of community building and social responsibilities as a priority. And that's something that the club really wants to focus on. So really emphasizing diversity, equity, inclusion, and helping upraise underprivileged youth. Um, so it's really good to see that, especially based on what our previous conversation we were talking about. Um, so the team you know, won't be in the USL League One next year, but in 2025, Lexington fans, unless there's promotion and relegation that year, Look forward to a trip to Portland, Maine, that is.
1: Just as an established things of league changes coming, Spokane and Santa Barbara are joining next year.
0: Yep.
1: By all accounts. Also, Mm -hmm. North Carolina is leaving for the USL championship. Yep. And then in 2025, as of right now, Portland and Brooklyn, New York, are joining McLean. the USL USL One, so they're getting out of the southeast. They're no longer yeah. like basically a glorified SEC league, <laughs>
0: and really um, breaking into that northeast with two teams.
1: Yes, they're breaking into that northeast with two teams. I, <sighs> Portland, Maine, in March. Late March. (laughs) I could honestly see Portland. I don't know if they'll do this, but I can honestly see Portland's going to be one of those teams that had like six away matches to start. (laughs) start And it's tailed end with six away matches. Like, you just... Seven straight home matches for Portland.
0: Go. I mean, depending on, you know, if... The stadium has other tenants and stuff like that too, right? Like they, if, From uh, what I'm
1: reading, the, uh, the high school plays there too.
0: Oh, okay. So that's not really a competition. <laughs> it's not like a college, right? Like where you could have like major arguments as to, no, this this team really needs it. Uh, well, the
1: high, but, from what I'm reading, the high school has played there. I don't know if they still do. Hmm. It's it, Wikipedia articles are weird.
0: Well, I know I'm looking forward to it. I've always wanted to go to Portland. Maine, I don't know why. It just seems like a fun place. Uh, there's something about those kind of seaside towns. I've never been to one. I will. Uh, I just I think will it say seems this. Fun.
1: The good thing about USL1 so far is none of the cities are very trendy or overly mm-hmm. touristy. You could say Brooklyn, but everyone goes to New York, so it's not... Yeah. It has tourist traps, but New York is also New York, so it's still like a normal city. But it's not like... And this is no hate on like Savannah. It's no, it's not like Savannah, Georgia, Gulf Coast, Alabama, or Gulf Shores, Alabama. It's not these places. Mobile. So they're, like, they're like a tourist traps, so everything's mm-hmm. going to be absurdly priced to just go to a away game.
0: And, and you know, <coughs> we've talked about like expansion in the USL a little bit, and that's actually a topic I want to talk about probably next week or maybe sometime during the off season, but like what are those markets that could host a team i mean savannah seems to be right in line with you know savannah has
1: an anisa a, a side they have the savannah clovers
0: yeah that's right uh, so could they pull up you i know, am could you pull up somebody in mobile like
1: i am curious and I, I i i can do this in the off season when i have a little more time of like breaking down what is the average population size per t- per city per league Mm -hmm. Like what is the MLS average was the USL championship at USL one and then NISA and then figuring out from there.
0: I have something for you actually. Like I have a graphic. It lists all of like the, the major populations. And then it says if there's an MLS USL champion or USL league one, I think it goes to the top 50 population markets. Um, Send me a message later and I'll send it to you. Okay. To find but
1: my, my thought is what cities like meet each criteria mm. or like meet or like near the average in, let's say, 5000 people yeah. or so to where, oh, this is like on par with the rest of the league type of thing. What is is or is not because, you know, you have San Diego, which right now has four, three professional teams. One's folding. They're getting a new one. And they poached the president.
0: Yeah, I saw granted,
1: that. Granted, apparently the loyal like ownership and that sort of thing said they were open to do so. You're welcome to apply to the MLS side. Right. But And they're just trying to keep their jobs, which I get, but like...
0: I get that's it. Just,
1: that's just, that, it's smart on San Diego MLS part, but it, that's just...
0: Uh, and speaking of expansion, there was the announcement a couple weeks ago: USL to Arkansas. I haven't heard anything. I've uh, seen some stuff.
1: Line. They've posted a rendering of like what their supporter group would look like.
0: Oh, I did see that. I thought you were and about to say the stadium. I was like, dang, I missed that.
1: Or like the general idea, which is just simply standing room with rails, which is what every. Place
0: oh yeah, has. it was like the the end cap, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and um,
0: it kind of looked like Lou City's the 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 thin end like the open end with the big jumbo trying to kind of look like that yeah it was a little for st- those who shorter. didn't see it, it yeah was a it shorter. was
1: it's It's how it's how every but that's how you should do it yeah honestly it's the safest way but it's the safest way to prevent like the hillsboro disaster type stuff which i don't think that would happen in america but mm.
0: Well, John, with that, we'll go on and jump to the bottom line. Um, and this week, John, you know, we had several matchups. You know, I, I want to kind of just make sure we covered everything with Racing Louisville before moving on to anything else. Did you have any other notes from uh, the two games that they played? Uh, one being the victory last week over the OL Reign on the road in Seattle, and then the unfortunate 2-0 loss in the championship game. Uh, for racing. level. John, any kind of other thoughts, anything else you want to talk about with racing before we move on? No, I'm on good with them. Cool. Heads up. That's game right. On
1: Friday that we'll talk about on Wednesday.
0: Absolutely. Big game, a lot of playoff um, consideration in that one. But so John, we'll move on now and we'll talk about uh, Lou city um, who had a match on, was it Saturday. Against Tampa Bay, where they unfortunately um, fell with another late uh, goal. Um, Cal Jennings uh, had a brace in that game for Tampa Bay, continuing their red hot streak, um, and it really, you know, his uh, the second goal especially just sank Lou City into disrepair. Uh, Will Harris had an equalizer early in the second half for uh, racing Louisville, or I'm sorry for Lou City, my apologies. Uh, but uh, Jennings answered, giving Tampa uh, their second goal and the winner. Uh, <coughs> Lou City really lacked a lot of offensive effort again um, to find an equalizer. I feel like they had some chances, but they kept making you know silly turnovers and passes were getting intercepted by the rowdies. Um, and look, you know, traveling down to Tampa to play the rowdies at, you know, in their home stadium, that's no easy task to do. Um, you know, at Lou city, for example, in the seven games that they've played down there has one win and six ties at that stadium. So it's, it's a consistent struggle point for Lou city. So I'm not really surprised that they lost. I I thought they would have at least drew. Um but again, um, well, Jennings for Tampa had the late equalize or the late um game winner to to seal that fate.
1: Yeah, and Tampa as a whole has been hard yeah to play and they've only they've only dropped two games. Yep. So they've gotten points out of 14. They gotten points 12 out of 14 games this year. At home, it's a hard place to get any points. They've won 10 of those, by the way. They have, there's two, two draws and two losses out of the 14 home matches for Tampa. Tampa's good, man. Lou Lou is one of those games. Um, it what I wouldn't say this is like Lou City taking a step back, it's just Lou City running into a good team.
0: Yes, uh, there was,
1: there was a little like crew the one i will say this it's hard for me to place coaching in game stuff on mm-hmm. coaches outside of substitutes because it's really outside of that he can be yelling at the players all he wants and like play here that type of thing it's more really on the players type of thing it's not like the nfl where like there's play calling every single time, like it's it's and there really, is a little um, bit,
0: but for the most part, you're right.
1: It's really how you handle subs. That's like, in terms of being like an in-game manager or coach. That's like how well you handle substitutions and how you adjust your formation based on the subs. That's really, and that's where I think this is this is a little on Cruz. He made some interesting substitutions and like when he made them were interesting. Boy, did he? Because they equalized, and then they did not give up. They gave up the second one in the 61st minute. And then it was just a little questionable because he brought on OMB and Gibson right at half. Mm -hmm. So that's two, two of his five subs at the start of the half.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, John. I think he more or less ran out of sub windows. Was that what it was kind of at the end? Because he had the halftime and then he had sub two more singles, one. right?
1: Yes. Sub windows are, are kind of stupid in my opinion. Oh, I fully underst- agree. I understand them. There definitely should be sub certain sub windows. But yeah. it shouldn't be like you can only sub during this certain time or that type of thing. No. Yeah, it should be you present a guy and when there is a lack of play, you do it. Now, yes, there's the sub and if it's a sub window, that's different. Right. That's where like he can come on as fast as we can get him on. Yeah. But if it's like you present him two minutes before the sub window, it could be you got to wait till the ball goes out of play or you got to wait till we're setting up a free kick or that type of thing.
0: Yeah. And that can be several minutes.
1: Yeah, if that is six minutes of waiting, that I'm fine with that. But that's still like the chance that that could happen.
0: <laughs> John um, about took out his own mic.
1: But then you know, he does a du- another double switch, bring on Powell's and Marie's in the 67th. And then it gets a little chippy, which Lou was chippy this whole match.
0: But what, you have six, to be when yellows. you're playing Tampa. Like you've got to be you, a little scrappy. You, like you that, had to be scrappy, but you, win.
1: I don't necessarily agree with six yellows scrappy. Like Lexington, Lexington plays this way sometimes too, and there's just sometimes where I'm like that. You don't need to do a foul like that. There, that's but, just look, my thing.
0: I want to be clear. Like Tampa is better than Lou City right now, so you've got to try yes. and muck it up. You got to try and make it a little muddy. Uh, I mean, it was a pristine evening by all accounts in Tampa, but like you got to kind of make it ground to a halt at times. And sometimes that comes at the sacrifice of you got to play, get a few extra cards. Now, what I haven't done, what I haven't looked at is are any of the players going to be suspended, um, on card accumulation afterwards? I haven't seen anything about that yet. Uh, but who knows?
1: Um, you had to reach five. No. eight. I just I looked this up for Tariq. I forget what it's at. But it's like No, yeah, it's five for a game. Oh. Three is a fine. Maybe. Let me look this up. I looked I it up for I Tariq, but I don't recall what it is now.
0: Well, while John is looking that up, just to kind of Wrapping up my thoughts here. Um, I really agree with coach Cruz. Uh, Some of his comments at the end of the game, you know, he felt that it was more of a positive uh, second half and they really showed improvement, even though they did fall short. Um, He also kind of mentioned, and I'm reading between the lines a little bit, you know, this was kind of a a moral victory per se, because they didn't get blown out. They fought hard. They played hard. Um, But, you know, there's only six games left. And they're in a fight for the the last home playoff game. And it it sucks to not take away at least one point from from that match. Um, Goalkeeper Oliver uh, made some big saves. uh, But there were defensive lapses that continued to cost um, City, especially when Jennings getting those goals. Uh, Big match coming up for them um, at home over this coming weekend as they host the SD Loyals. uh, And they will need to maximize points um, and get that victory just so that they can continue to push forward. Oh, no.
1: Sorry, my Wi-Fi went weird there.
0: You're good. Uh, I was just kind of reading over my notes. I didn't even notice You were gone. My apologies. Uh,
1: Here it is. Five for a fine. Eight for one game. Eleven for two. And fourteen for three. Jesus. And and each one of those after like a fine is also tacked on to each suspension. I don't know what the fine is, but from the media guide last year, they didn't produce one this year for some reason. Hmm. That at least is the criteria.
0: Well, John, I don't know if you where you, you cut out there, but basically, what I was kind of summarizing. You know, uh, Coach Cruz was moderately okay with what happened, and I am too. You know, I would like to have seen them get a draw, but eh, it is what it is at this point. Uh, this is Lou City for this year, uh, but they host uh, the SD Loyals uh, over this coming weekend, so it'll be very important for them to get all three points from that match. Um, As you know, they continue to push upwards in the the playoff bracket or in the playoff table. Any final thoughts on blue city for you, John?
1: Um, it's they, you know, it's like you said, it's a bit of a moral type victory. They didn't get blown out type of thing, but that also worries me come playoff mentality. Yeah. If it's like, Oh, we didn't get blown out. We did. Okay. Okay, this could be a side you're playing in the playoffs. Especially if everything yep. goes the way it should, like everyone wins how they should, this would be your second opponent. This would be where you play your second match. That, that's a little concerning to me, but that's still, that's, that can change and stuff can happen. But it should be like, hey, this could be the team right now that we would play if we win our first playoff game
0: well and you know even more than that right like we've said before that we seem to think that Lou city seems to play a little bit better on the road so not saying that they tanked in any way shape form or fashion but some questionable sub windows Some, um, you know they seem to really be going for it in the second half but that first half eh, you know not not so much so Maybe they were trying to set up a more favorable first-round match or maybe even a more favorable second-round match. Um, And, you know, just seeing if they can help Tampa bump up the table so they can play Charleston. I don't know. I would rather play Tampa again than Charleston. Like, uh, Or, honestly, I'd rather play Pittsburgh more than any of them. I feel like Blue City matches up best with them in a second-round match.
1: Well, Pittsburgh... You you want Pittsburgh if you're a Lou fan
0: because that's yeah.
1: a legit away trip. That's doable.
0: Yeah, yeah. On you short, can drive short, that.
1: On short notice. Yeah, That's the thing with, like, I hate about some of this stuff because, like, I was like, oh, the Challenge Cup final would be cool to go to, but it's like going out to North Carolina and I have, like, three days to play Harry,
0: in. North Carolina.
1: That's just crazy.
0: Huh. Yeah. Well, it was funny. So I was watching college football um, during the rain delay, and up in Raleigh, where uh, North Carolina and Notre Dame were playing, they are having the same weather. Uh, so just interesting how close everything was. But, John, let's move on to our final pro team of the week, uh, kind of recapping their action. Let's talk about Lexington Sporting Club. Um, LSC um, had. Another tough match with Fuego. Um, we talked about what happened after the match already, but talking about during the match, 2-2 draw with the Central Valley uh, Fuego. Uh, Lexington conceded another stoppage time equalizer the second time in three matches that that has happened. Um that goal for Fuego was scored in the ninety-third minute, so three minutes earlier than last weekend's ninety-sixth-minute <coughs> equalizer. No,
1: and still basically in the last minute.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do you scored both goals for Lexington, including a PK in the twelfth minute? Uh, but Lexington could not hang on to that lead. Uh, you know, throughout the match, Lexington did not control possession. Uh, their defense was strong, but overall the performance um, was kind of so-so. You know, it had more highs than lows, but not that many more. Um, But overall, I just kind of want to highlight Diouf, Brown, Balagoon, they all played very well. Um, Despite the draw, um, Lexington didn't lose, so that's a a positive. Put that one in your, your hat. Um, but in my opinion, Lexington should not be losing to Fuego at all, but especially not twice and in the manners which they lost uh, twice this season. I mean, John, I did not stay up and watch the, the game last night. Um, I watched the highlights this morning. Uh, talk to me about kind of what you saw from from the game last night.
1: Okay. So first off, um, this also goes to no codes and so we haven't recorded since that game ended. Oh. It is hard to that. beat a team three to- two times when you play them three times. Yes. It's really hard. Um, Fuego themselves are, yes, they're on their third coach, and they had all these chips in order <laughs> for Lexington to, well, third coach is debatable. They fired their first coach. Their yeah. sporting director then steps in, and he took a step back for whatever reason, and then they brought up an assistant coach. Um, I will say this. It is really hard to beat any team two two times when you face them three, and one of those games goes the other team's way. It's really hard to do that if you're a really good team. And Lexington is a good team. They're just – I've said this. They seem to be unlucky in the league of chaos. We seem to be on the uh, opposing end of the chaos. And that's just how it is. There's some teams that have been on the g- good end of the chaos. There's others that haven't been. Omaha is Omaha has won eight straight games and they're not in first place. <laughs> <laughs> they're like what? a point. They're like a point out of it, I think, but that n- they're not in first place because they started off really bad yeah. or stro- struggling, struggling. Um Tormenta is the defending champs, and they're two points ahead of us. Right, thing. Rich Richmond are defending regular season champs, and they are below us in the table. The Red Wolves are were the finalists last year, and they're lower than us in the table. So this league is really weird, and it's really hard to judge day to day. Fuego themselves have looked better since we faced them. This when we got a win at home, they took a tail to Madison. They drew with Richmond. Like they're not like Fuego is not just this team that <coughs> just has goes down and gets destroyed. The fight they very much do it, and I will put this to credit. This this goal hurt a little more than the Greenfield goal, but. I wasn't as mad about it because it Knight made a great effort.
0: Are you getting it, numb to it as a fan? No, no,
1: no. No. It was a rebound goal. The defense could have you could argue the defense could have done something a little better. To stop I would it. argue. The, I would argue the defense could have done better to prevent the ball getting into the box for the first yeah. shot. However, the second shot it's a rebound goal and the player has the net wide open to him. It's either he's going to make that or he's going to miss it. And we got hit with the make. It happens. You know, it does it suck? Yes. However, I think this game was really good, uh, for Lexington in terms of a building block. Cause they did, they did go out with a little different, um,
0: Yeah, they did go out with a little bit of a different kind of formation um, and a little bit more moxie, it, you know, it seemed like. Um, so that was good to see. But, you know, I, I said it last week, and I'll continue to say it. The playoff hunt is, is over. Um, but I, for this year at least, right? So I really think that we I think need it's to. it's like we
1: have like a 1% chance still. Yeah,
0: it's not happening. It's very. Uh, it's,
1: I don't. I don't. I'm not expecting it to happen. What like looking at the table right now, I can honestly think, say right now what we're trying to do. We're ninth right now. We are two, three points behind uh, Tormenta, mm. and we are seven points behind Knox. Mm. I would say right now we want to try to jump Tormenta and finish eighth. And yeah, I think, Which
0: would be great.
1: I think that would be a good thing, especially since we were picked to finish last in the table. And here's the thing. We are playing great, much better than we were. And I said this in my write-up. I'm, you could say I'm numb to it, but I'm not really numb. It's the fact of earlier in the year, I feel Greenville we would have lost. We have lost that game. We lost to Greenville. We would have lost that game. That wouldn't have been an equalizer. That would have been the game winner earlier in right. the year. Uh, the same thing with Fuego. That would have been the game winner. That wouldn't have been, oh, we're getting a draw on the road. That would have been a game winner. NoCo would have been, like, the tormenta game that we don't speak of. Like... <laughs> <coughs> Er, Like that's the thing that I don't think Lexington fans realize is that in the month of August we were the third best team by points and you can check this, this is from what the league produced we just we were in such a hole because of that five match losing streak and that rough start that our position on the table is bad because we were in a hole we have played really good and we're growing that type of stuff but we're also like I think Stockley's very much building for next year. He's figuring stuff out. We have never seen Brown, Deuce, and Balogun all together. Yep. And, yes, we got dominated on possession, especially in the second half. But, personally, I don't feel like we were dominated watching the game. I don't feel that. I Because – I don't know if it's just I understand how counterattacking football is played and that's very much what they played. Um, They controlled the game defensively. They were controlling the ball while not having the ball, if that makes sense. Like, Fuego threw everything in the kitchen sink at us and they got a goal. It happens. Why we're getting scored, like Churrito's goal that was just uh, after the start of the half... Was a banger of a goal, like it was just a ripper through the thing. Why we're that's when I say we're more on the unlucky side, because that goal we're just getting world class goals. not actually world class goals, but we're getting like bangers,
0: top, top quality. Not
1: <clears throat> we're not like it wasn't like night. It wasn't like night uh, with the equalizer, like came out. And like or like, it wasn't, it wasn't like Nike did the Lund, like, like and yeah. I didn't do the Lund in the Portland game to mm-hmm. leave the equalizer. He made the save. It just bounced to the right guy. If that bounces yeah. a little to a different way, it's going to a Lexington defender to clear it. It's just Absolutely. one of those things, or like the ball very early that hits the post for Lex, that like ricochets off of that. It just it's. What's part of the game, and it's it sucks to be on the losing side of it right now. And we're on the gut punch end of it, but we also have been the gut punchy punchers. We did it to no we and it, it we've had we've gotten more punches than we've given, but that's what happens. We're a first year side, we're also very young, we're leaning very, very heavy on youngsters to produce. Nico Diouf and Balogun are all very young, they're like 25 or under. And we're saying, Go be our goal scorers, go out there and attack and go up against guys who have played longer. Yes, Smart and Machel and Fox have done are all been around, Knight's been around a bit, but we're still leaning on Jay Gonzalez. Owen Green, yes, is a little more experienced, but he's still on the younger side. Jackson we play more head, like so, so, so on the younger side, we're leaning heavily into younger players.
0: Well, that's what I really hope coach Stockley continues to do for the rest of the season. Like, I really hope that he, you know, takes the time to really develop these younger players. Cause he loves his Academy, right? He's talked about it hundreds of times at this point, how much he loves the, the younger kid, ca- the younger guy. So hopefully he can work some more of those in um, you know, not at the expense of you know some of the more senior players necessarily, but like keep get this team ready for next year. Like, what is happening going now?
1: To... Stockley is not going to do anything that's going to cost the game. I will say right. that right now, no, he's not going to go. Well, let's throw in, and this is no hate to any of these players. Let's throw in Diallo, Jackson, throw Phillips in goal. Bringing head, let's start them all.
0: Phillips played pretty good, man. In the 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 early season, you're thinking Aussie? Oh, I'm thinking
1: the 16 year old. Oh yeah, no, uh, no. The academy, the like that said he looks like Thor.
0: Oh, yeah. No, not that guy. No, I was thinking of Cosley. My bad. Yeah, sorry. But like let them play like w- do some stuff now. Get them experience now. So that in 2024, man they're hitting off like a yeah, rocket um, and, and are going. I'm fine to with jump.
1: the Do the thing. I'm fine with how they've done Head or Heed. The announcer called him Heed. I don't know if that he was just reading that mm-hmm. weird. I, I think his name is Head. But, um, I've lost my transcript. Um, do with what you kind of did with Jackson. Bring him on for a few couple minutes. I wouldn't say a couple minutes. Like I don't think that you, he had should have been brought in with basically a minute left. Granted, that's window stuff. Yeah, that's um,
0: ju- padding stats.
1: Um, but they should bring him on for the last thirty minutes. I will say I. I was questioning why. I don't know if it was just where the we, Stockley missed a window or something like that. It seemed like we were having players on the field a little too long towards the end there. Um, Agreed. But it's just I would like to see more young players get some stuff and starts. But I don't think they're going to go down without a fight. They have six matches, five. Five, right? Five matches left, three home games to away. That I think are all winnable besides North Carolina which is still questionable because North Carolina is a team we have played well against.
0: When is that game though? If, if it's close enough to the playoffs, maybe North Carolina's it's already like got number th- one seed locked up.
1: It's the second to last game.
0: So, good chance that us. North Carolina's got it wrapped up. Maybe they rest some guys. I would.
1: Yeah, they got. They have two straight games. They have Independents who are fighting for their own thing in the playoffs. They're not safe. They have Red Wolves. They have Madison. They have North Carolina. And they have Greenville. Four out of those five games, I think we can win for sure. North mm-hmm. Carolina, I think we can win, but I'm not as for sure on the side. Madison right. has stumbled as of late. The Independents are a hit or miss team. So it's whatever team you get, kind of like Lex has been. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'm was not, like, well, I'm so not hate, play. and that's not hating on Lex. I think it's just the players are very much, they play off energy or vibes. I feel like they get in their heads sometimes or something like that. It's just, we'll see type thing. Yeah. And, it, and to their credit, as someone who's been on bad teams before, it is hard when you keep getting punched. When you keep taking the gut punches, it is hard sometimes to, like, just keep dusting yourself off. As much as it's hard for fans, it's hard for players, too. Yeah. Because they also, they see the stupid trolls. They see the hate comments, all that type of stuff, just as much as we do. And it's hard. So, like, but I will say this. It's positive. This would have been game we would have lost. Just gag. Yeah the phrase of Stockley or the team as we go again, they're going to going again Sunday. Just that's at this point. It's just keep, take whatever the result is, learn from it, go again.
0: Absolutely. So John, we will now shift gears out of the pro ranks and (coughs) into the collegiate ranks. Uh, We'll go through our kind of list here. Um, John, and I will kick us off and I will talk about the Bellerman men's side, the Knights, um, currently sitting one win, um, one loss, three draws in their last uh, or this season, I should say, um, they had two matches this past week. Um, they had a 0-0 draw with uh, Northern Kentucky and you know both teams getting a, that bonus point in the College Cup. Make sure you come back on Wednesday for a full update on the BGSC um, College Cup, Golden Boot, and Golden Glove uh, competitions. Because things are getting a uh, uh, Um So a nil-nil draw on that one. But they did get their first win of the season um, over the weekend at Eastern Illinois. Um, Bellerman in that nil-nil draw with uh, Northern Kentucky uh, notched their first shutout of the season, but you know did come at the negative side. They didn't get uh, the victory out of it as they could not uh, put the ball in the back of the net themselves. Against Eastern Illinois, uh, Bellerman earned their first 2-0 goal differential uh, of the season. Uh, they really are playing well on the defensive end Um, Their keeper, Matthew Brozovich, sorry, bro, sorry about that, uh, has secured two consecutive clean sheets, and that's some really good momentum as they head into um, Atlantic Sun uh, Conference play on Saturday as they travel down to Conway, Arkansas to take on Central Arkansas. Uh, Moving over to the Bellarmine women's, Uh, They are still playing really, really well. Um, Overall record right now, three wins, two losses, two draws. Uh, They had a a little bit of a a disappointing 1-1 draw with Moorhead last week, in the middle of the week. And then they had a 2-0 loss to number 21, Xavier. Uh, And Xavier is really good. I don't know how they're 21st in the country because they've beaten everybody they've played from Kentucky, so. Um, kind of looking at you know the like
1: good Kentucky D one schools like the I top know. notch ones. No hate on the other oh. ones. Genuinely, no hate on the other ones. Right, but like UK women's, is oh yeah, a s- steam local, like they are a
0: freight, freight train.
1: Freight train. I was <laughs> thinking like a, ste- a steam steam roll steam roller as well. Oh so.
0: okay. They're not Purdue either, though. They're not the Boilermakers. Speaking of Purdue, we'll talk about you here in a minute. Uh, Ozark or Ozorko uh, is emerging as an offensive catalyst for uh, the Bellarmine women's team, especially in getting that goal against Moorhead, um, really helping build up the attack in the Xavier match. Uh, So They have really been playing well. Uh, They've Kind of got some defensive issues uh, that were really highlighted in the Moorhead matches. They were just kept getting kind of strung <laughs> out, and Moorhead was able to kind of dice them up pretty badly. Um, the Knights extended their unbeaten streak to four games in that match with Moorhead, but we then know over the weekend they did lose to Xavier. Um, Xavier played a really good game. Uh, And Xavier, as I mentioned, they're really good. They're an NCAA caliber NCAA tournament caliber team. Um, So playing them right before conference play was a a really interesting choice uh, by the coach at Bellarmine. Uh, You know, I think the the ladies have a lot of confidence because they held them to two zero. And it was a competitive game to watch, Um, you know. It wasn't a situation where it was a 2-0 blowout, right? Because we've seen that before where it's not even close. Uh, Team USA actually had a 3-0 victory over this weekend over uh, Uzbekistan, and it was a lot closer than that. It it was not like that in the Xavier Bellerman game. That game was much closer than 2-0 may may seem. Um, But the Knights will now head into um, Atlantic Sun Conference play. Uh, where they will travel down to (coughs) Clarksville, Tennessee for the opener against Austin P. You want to head on Uh, over to EKU, John?
1: Yes, EKU um, had a rough week. They did not get a win, and they were shut out both times. Uh, First against NKU, they lost 2-0 on Thursday. um, Second interstate match. The
0: college cup, yeah. Gotta get yep, those second,
1: points. second interstate match for the Colonels, uh, second straight shutout, lost interstate. It was rough. They fell behind early in the 29th minute, and then the second goal, they got an Olympic Coast scored on them. Um, they are str- – the Colonels right now, and then they lost 1-0 um, against the Red Hawks of Miami, Ohio. The Colonels are struggling offensively right now. They can't really seem to buy a goal, and Crick can only do so much uh, defensively. Their defense is playing really solid. Uh, that it's either how stats are being kept by some schools,
0: or we talk about that.
1: J- just, for my just fair warning for y'all that most stats are being kept by some. Um, work study kid being told What to put in <laughs> Or a work yeah. study kid was told if, they, if the ball is in the box And they kick it towards the goalie It's a shot <laughs> so, so You can take some stats as they will That's why with our Standing stuff we're really only taking Kind of straightforward stats With some of our golden Races um, So It's hard the defense is playing well. They've been forcing a, a lot of shots off target, but they just, it's, they can't buy a goal right now. They can't really buy a goal. And it's, it's a difficult thing. are not scoring. They've been having good shots at goal. They just haven't found the back of the net. And this it can be an issue at times. It, you have to, and sometimes teams will hit a block where they can't buy a goal to save their life, but they're getting right there. And then once they break through, that's kind of when it comes in bunches. And I think that's what's going to happen with the Colonels, or what they hope is happening when they enter conference play.
0: Absolutely, uh, John. You want to head over to Big Blue, knock them out too.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, so, unfortunately,
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <coughs> in the Governor's Derby, uh, UK fell behind three. Yeah, they fell behind 3-0 by the 57th minute to to Louisville. In Louisville, they managed to get two goals back in the second half, but they were kind of all for naught. You know, just kind of gimme goals. Um, uh, Casper Mulls didn't make a career-high nine saves in this 4-2 loss. But the men are the similar way. I think um, their coach brought in a little too many transfers, and he's relying a little too heavily on them offensively um, to do producing. And I think it's just figuring out how they work together because Moles is playing good. He's a sophomore, and he's playing really good. It's similar to EKU. It's similar a bit to NKU women's who they're more on the upper track. Um, there are a lot of really good keepers in the state that are on bad teams. And yes, you could say their stats are inflated by being on bad teams, but there's something to be said when you're making a lot of saves and you're letting in one or two goals and and your team can't get a goal. Yes, Moles let in four goals, but if you watch that game they didn't have an answer for the Cardinals attack and he's like fending for his life back there so it's hard it's hard to judge and that's what college soccer is really weird in general but the Wildcats finally ended their skid of back to back losses which that was the first time they lost their second loss Two Louisville it was the first time they lost back to back games since October of 2017, officially in the regular season. They did technically lose two exhibition games in 2020, but that's spring ball, so that's not really.
0: Yeah, it doesn't quite count the same.
1: Yeah, but they um, it looked like uh, Kentucky was going to lose to
0: Lipsicum uh, after oh, man. they
1: fell behind
0: 2-0. I was cheering for the former BJFC Golden Lion Will Bryan so hard. He almost had a goal uh in the first half and I was cheering so hard for him. Uh, uh shout out to Will.
1: Yeah, but it was it was rough. They nearly
0: That um, would have been embarrassing. Yeah, for, that would have been lose that one.
1: but they found some life and got three goals back they tied it they tied it uh they get they got uh sec- they got their first goal right like uh right back uh they then tied it a little into the uh, second half and then they got the winner in the 59th minute it was it was a little rough game but they seem to be back on track they'll kick off. Uh, conference play, which they weirdly have non-conference games. Once they start conference play, uh, in the Sun Belt against South Carolina on Friday.
0: Yeah, college soccer seems to have at least one or two midweek non-conference games sprinkled into their uh, their regular season conference games. It's kind of odd. Yeah.
1: But then the women, the women are rolling. They are probably
0: the best team in the state.
1: They have not lost the game all year. They've had one tie and they've won all other games. They are on a six. I think, I think it's seven. I don't know. They are on an unbeaten run. They're on they've won three straight games. They have in those three straight games, they've won no. Is it? Let me I, my mind is scrambled right now.
0: It's all good, man.
1: I'm double-checking something. Um... One, two, three, four. Oh, I wrote that... I wrote that for Belmont. Sorry. They have won four straight matches. They are on a seven-match on Beat and Run. This is what happens when you have two games. And you write <laughs> a, You basically try to write an article for post two both. games. Um... They are on a seven-match unbeaten run. They've won four straight games. And in those four straight games, they have not surrendered a goal. They have outscored their opponents 11-0. They've had three, two straight 3-0 wins. They are rolling. And it's funny, Rhodes did not score in either of those 3-0 wins. Her scoring streak ended against, uh, with the Illinois match. She has not scored since. They've gotten some help from their Icelandic girl, who I'm not even gonna try to pronounce her <laughs> name.
0: Oh come on! Uh, you don't want to butcher it. I'm about to butcher one.
1: Ofstrator, I'll Take it. I
0: don't know. I'll take it. I
1: don't know how you do it, but they've been playing really good, and they got their first SEC matchup against Texas A&M coming up in you,
0: Texas A&M. You didn't mention my favorite part about them. What? One of their three-zero wins was against Iowa State. Eat it, Cyclone fans! Go Hawks, baby! F No one cares about the Corn State. Hey, man, you take that back. Corn is is gold. It's delicious. Y'all's
1: most significant thing. I will take the Hawkeyes producing Jack Campbell and Sam Laporta for the Lions. But y'all's most significant moment of football is the fact that y'all waved to children. <laughs>
0: It is the greatest tradition in all of college football, and I don't want to it's hear. A, that. It's a I three-year-old was there for the tradition. first one. It's a
1: three-year-old tradition. It's a great. Tradition. It was
0: fantastic. It's no, it's older years. than that. It's Are way. You sure? It's like five. It's at least five years because I moved okay, to Lexington sorry. in. Sorry, sorry. 15?
1: It's five. No, five 15. years older. Five years.
0: Seventeen. That's not much of a tradition. 18?
1: That's not that much of a tradition. It's a great tradition. I love it. Yeah, I think
0: it, it started awesome. in 15. I'll it's look awesome. later. They
1: got, they got foam fingers for it and everything. It's dope. Let's go. However,
0: Let's go Hawks.
1: that is the most significant thing that's come out of y'all's anything because y'all <laughs> Y'all play defense for offense.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right, baby. If we can't score on offense, the defense can. Let's do it. Anyways, that's a different podcast for another day. John, if UK women who beat Iowa State, again, F State, uh, if they're the best team in the state, the second best team by far has to be Louisville Cardinals men's team, who had a phenomenal week. Um after getting ranked as high as number seven um, last week, uh, they scored four goals on number nineteen Kentucky, uh, who only scored two to secure, as John mentioned, the uh, Governors' Derby. Uh, again, getting bragging rights uh, over their in-state rivals for, I believe, like the fourth straight year. Um, so, or ended the the streak or something. Like that. I don't remember at this UK.
1: point. UK. Uh, let me look at this streak.
0: You look at that. But the, the UofL also had a phenomenal performance against number four-ranked Syracuse in managing a 2-2 draw with the defending national champions. So uh, overall, it was a great week to be a Cardinals fan um, on the men's soccer side. Louisville's offense is firing on all cylinders, scoring six goals last week alone. Um, they have 11 goals over their last three matches. Uh, forward Gage Guerrero, Guerrero, and uh, um, the other forward, I'm just going to use their abbreviations, KG. Uh, They're absolutely leading the attack. Guerrero um, has been a, a transformative star uh, oh, for the Cardinals is, after transferring he is from sh- Army.
1: Shocked. Yeah. Uh, he, this past week, he is now. Technically, I believe he is tied for first.
0: Yeah, six goals in the last four games. He is is tied for
1: second. Because also to a point of the Golden Boot, or in the College Cup in general, Alice Lloyd finally wised up and decided to report some (laughs) some of their stuff, which apparently, according to their website at least, their women's team has 13 players. Oof one keeper, Jesus. so um, <laughs> but their website finally produced thing. but the Campbellsville versus Alice Lloyd matchup got turned to an exhibition game or something. I go off of what the school stats yeah, say, Same. and that last time same. I checked, Felix Baoboong, who we sent out a graphic saying he was a golden boot leader, had seven goals. He doesn't, according to this latest thing I checked, he has five. And the best, I guess, is the Alice Lloyd match got deep officiated or officialized because he scored two in that. Right. So sorry to Felix, You're drop, you've dropped down. It is now Carson Smith of Georgetown Women's who's the leader because uh, she's got three assists, unlike Gage and Jordan, who have zero. So. Well.
0: And, and Gage is, as I mentioned, he is on a tear for the Cardinals. He scored the equalizer late against Syracuse, showing how clutch he really is.
1: Oh, he um, has four goals this week.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, six goals in the last four matches. Uh, yeah. Louisville's off to the best start in program history with four wins, zero losses, and one draw. The Cardinals have shown that they know how to win these difficult kind of games that come back against Syracuse. That's nothing to shake a a finger at like Louisville rallied from being down on the road against the defending national champions and an elite program this year. Uh, It shows grit. It shows resiliency. It shows a lot of mental toughness Um, goalkeeper, Alex, uh, for them, has been solid in the net. He made some very key saves uh, against Kentucky and against uh, Syracuse to keep those games where they were. Um, head coach John Mitchell Hayden um, has his side playing at a really high level. They are dominating uh, in opportunities. Uh, they outshot Kentucky 26-29. to 29. Uh, And Louisville is absolutely positioned to take the ACC by storm. Syracuse was their hardest opponent in the ACC, and they already got a draw with them. Uh, So overall, it was a really good week winning the Governor's Derby and uh, taking home a point or a draw at least with uh, Syracuse. They will now move on to more conference games this week as they uh, will play Virginia Tech and North Carolina State in some very important uh, ACC competition. So if Louisville men's is the second best team in the state, uh, the Louisville women, uh, they might be like the second worst. Uh, uh, then, no, 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 no. maybe not that bad I'm over exaggerating there. maybe the but second worst
1: of the, the D1, D1 schools
0: yeah uh, <coughs> I don't have a whole lot of notes for them uh, just because it wasn't a great week uh, 2-0 loss to Indiana and then a I won't call it what it is an abysmal 2 sorry 2-2 draw with Wyoming um uh, The offense continues to struggle. Yeah, they found a little bit of a groove against Wyoming, but against an opponent like Wyoming, you would expect the Cardinals to score four or five. Uh, They managed to only get five shots against Indiana, uh, and they only had seven in uh, the match with Wyoming. Uh, Their defense and goalkeeping is pretty good. Uh, you know, it keeps them at least within reach uh, Floyd, their keeper, uh, especially in that Indiana game had uh, nine saves uh, and, and at, at times the defense in front of her has looked pretty good. But overall, a very, very disappointing non-conference uh, season for them. Only one win in six matches. Um, they have failed to meet their expectations of wanting to play for an ACC championship, um, and especially with any thoughts towards the NCAA tournament, I think you can go on and kiss that goodbye unless they go on a magical <laughs> run in the in, in the, the ACC tournament. tournament. Yeah. Stranger uh, things have happened. Yeah. Well, so did Florida Gulf Coast, right? Like, it is what it is. Uh, they now pivot to ACC play, like I mentioned, uh, where they will play Virginia on Saturday, who is also another really good team. Uh, and I just, I, I truly think at this point, it's about experience for the younger players. Uh, if they go on a bit of a run, sure, uh, you know, play out the season. But I, if I'm the coach of Louisville Women, I'm starting to to plan for 2024 already.
1: Already. Even conference play, you know, they throwing out.
0: The Fold seat. the tents up. We're done you here. Could
1: be like UK women's last year. UK women's rolled in in non-conference, and then they got they w- had one win in the conference play. It could they could flip the script. They have could. some faith. Have some faith.
0: Make me have faith. Like give me something, Louisville women, to they to did. be faithful. They
1: women. didn't lose like you're all a martyr.
0: Hey, whoa. You, you watch your mouth. We'll get there. Let's talk about a school I used to work at, though. Moorhead State. Uh,
1: Moorhead had a, a up-and-down week. They tied Bellarmine, which you could make a debate if if the women of Bellarmine are better than Moorhead or not.
0: They shouldn't be, based on like their years in Division One. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good result for Moorhead.
1: Yeah, um, Gibbs is still among one of the best keepers in the country, or in the, at least in the state. I'm not tracking the whole country. It already, <laughs> takes me, it already takes me like three hours to do the stats for one state. Th- I don't even want to think of like Texas or California.
0: Oh, God, no. New York, Florida.
1: New York's not bad. Think about it. Genuinely think about how many schools you can think about in New York.
0: Syracuse, Rutgers, SUNY Rutgers is New all the SUNY school. Rutgers, Man, is they, New are Jersey. New, they are New York they City They are school. in
1: New Jersey. They are a New mm. York City school, but they are in New Jersey.
0: Whatever. Speaking of New York, the Aaron Rodgers out for the rest of the game.
1: Good. <laughs> um, anyways. Um so they tie with that. Gibbs got seven saves, they got the uh uh, uh, the Eagles would equalize against the Knights, so not wait. God, my brain is mush by the time we get to this point, especially oh, on Mondays. Good, Anyways, the Eagles blew the lead because they got the lead with fifty-seven seconds.
0: Yeah, they had the lead from the early,
1: but they got the got the uh. The Knights got the equalizer in the 38th, 58th minute sorry but then n k u women's who are also rolling right now um uh came uh had more head come into her home and they rolled through them 3-0. Gibbs did make nine saves, but she's another case of someone who has no help
0: yeah.
1: she's just, just being along. she's just being launched at. Um, <coughs> they'll kick off conference play soon, uh, against Little Rock on Sunday, but first they'll host, uh, UNC Asheville on Thursday.
0: Nice. Um, uh, who's next? My team, my Murray State racers, had a. You mean Murdered State? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was not a good week to be a Racer fan. Um, <laughs> In the soccer world, at least. Um, I hear our football team's pretty good, though. Anyways, uh, they had two games uh, this past week. Uh, one was a 5-1 to beatdown uh, to Oklahoma uh, down in Norman, which, I mean, come on. You're Murray State. You're going to Oklahoma. What do you expect? You didn't expect to win, did you? I, I know Coach, Coach uh, Matt Ledge did, did not expect to win that game. It was more for experience and to help build the brand and stuff like that. Uh, but what was even worse than that loss, in my opinion, was a two to zero loss at home to Semo. Uh, I don't, I don't get it. A former conference foe in Semo comes into your place and beats you like that. No shot.
1: That's Southeast uh, Missouri State for all the people who are confused.
0: Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, Semo, <laughs> S- Southeast Missouri State, whatever. Uh, so kind of just hear my my notes from the week. Uh, in the five to one loss to Oklahoma, uh, it really showed a lack of talent on the field, and it definitely showed a lack of depth when you know players were getting subbed off and stuff like that against a top tier opponent like the Sooners. Uh, the Racers did get a goal, which is a positive thing because that uh, goal made it 1-1, so it wasn't a complete uh, blowout from the get-go. Uh, they did have some defense issues. Uh, While well, I'm being very polite, I would call it a major concern, if I'm being honest, uh, especially in the way they played against Oklahoma. Uh, they were unable to rebound from that loss at home. Uh, in their final tune-up match against SEMO. Being shut out on their home pitch really raises questions about how good this Murray State team can be. Um, SEMO is not very good either, so it's another team that they should have (coughs) at least drew with, if not beaten. Um, So dropping both those matches this past week really means that the Racers have very little to no momentum heading into conference play. However, it's a new season for them. Um, and there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. Um, based on what happened last year with the racers, they were the eight seed heading into the Missouri Valley conference playoff, and they made it all the way to the championship game and lost in the 59th minute um, against the team that had beaten them handily uh, in the regular season. So, you know, racer fans, it, it's not quite over, but uh, I think I hear the fat lady warming up her, her pipes. That's
1: why you give up on people way too soon.
0: Give me a reason to come back. Uh, you, are the, talk,
1: you are the Miami fans that left after Messi got subbed out.
0: Or that didn't show up when he didn't play in the, the game over the weekend.
1: Oh, he didn't play. No, he's
0: uh, he's out. The messy on on duty.
1: Oh yeah, the messy talk finally has like sizzled down. So I'm not getting report every time the man takes a step. (laughs) So I wasn't following that.
0: John, let's head up to NKU to close out your part of the reports for this week.
1: So NKU men are the only D1 school (laughs) to have yet to get a win.
0: Um, oh, however, nice. they,
1: uh, they well they yet have gone and win. They did take like a whole week off. They last did
0: week they had to play a
1: match. Um, they only have one loss. They had tied three straight games. One of those being against Bellerman in a very boring affair. Um, yeah. That very like wa- watching that and then watching like UK U was very interesting because like UK U at least looks like good soccer. High-powered soccer. Until, like, the end of the NKU-Bellerman game, it just looked like guys kicking the ball back and forth. Like, there was, like, they were walking. Like, both teams were just walking. And there would be, like, a one kid who would make a run and they would try to do it, but then it would just be walking. I was like, what is going on right
0: now? Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, that one was <laughs> a, a hard one to watch.
1: Um. But then, unfortunately, Unfortunately, uh, the Norse's uh, draw streak came to an end when they lost at home 2-1 to Robert Morris, who scored um, both games or both goals with less than 15 minutes left. Uh, NKU actually had a 1-0 lead for a majority of the game. Uh, but the Patriots of Robert Morris score scoring the 77th, and then they would bagged the game winner with just three seconds left on the clock, at least according to the official box score. I don't know how accurate that is, but it was basically like a gut punch that uh, Lexington experienced, but this time in the favor of a loss. Uh, They'll go up against Bowling Green. They're kicking off conference play, playing Bowling Green and then Oakland, both on the road. Uh, NKU Women, however... Had a huge week, 12-point uh, swing in the College Cup standings with two wins, two dominant wins over EKU and Moorhead, who I've already spoken on those two games already. Uh, Kowalski Kalawalski for uh, NKU has been huge. Um, she's a reminder, phenom out there. She, You could argue she's the best keeper in the state, She doesn't have necessarily the saves numbers because she's on a little bit of a better team. But last I checked, she is right now uh, fifth in saves. But she is uh, second in shutouts. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first being Mars Josephine of UK Women's. However, Mars, as much as I love her because she played for Lexington, she has not had to work. Uh, whereas Kowalski has had to work.
0: She's uh, had to Marge, put in some performances.
1: Yeah. Mars Josephine put it. Josephine has five shutouts but 14 saves. Kowalski has four shutouts and 36 saves.
0: Jeez.
1: Wow. Yeah. So, and the, she's right up there towards the top. There's There's a clear cut of like five of them. They're starting to go out, and the mm-hmm. uh, she's the only one with more than one shutout of those top five. So, and,
0: and when you have a twelve-point swing like that in one week in the Challenge Cup, I I yeah, would be last, hard pressed to believe they're not going to be in the top five. So, walking last, to the top five NKU women
1: last Challenge Cup standings they were at seven points seven.
0: They added twelve, and
1: the, they were nine. And so now they are, at least last we checked, on the U.K. women have to up their score with this, but this would have tied them with the U.K. women. Yeah. U.K. women have obviously gone up a little bit, but they have rocketed into it. And they have just dominated. They five goals scored, zero conceded. Uh, you know, getting scoring from basically anyone. Like they're a full-on, their offense is sharing the love type thing. Everyone's scoring. They're on a roll, and that has to do with their coach Sheehan, who I just like the most legendary soccer coach among at least the D one coaches. For those that didn't read the preview, this man started the program in 1998. Yep. He is, has like two losing seasons in his career. One of them being yes was last year, but. He the NKU granted a lot of times they, they haven't been in D1 long, but NK, this man is like a legend among coaches, at least in Kentucky.
0: Well, and speaking of legendary coaches who have been with a, a school since the start of the program, but on the opposite end of that current scale is the WKU women's program um, a tough week. Kind of uh, okay results, though? Question mark? I don't know. I don't know what to think of this team. Overall, one win, uh, two losses, five draws. Um Don't act like you didn't
1: make a long-winded ranting post about if the coach has a hot seat that you send to us. Like, should (laughs) I do this? And then like five minutes later, he's like, wait, never mind. It's not as bad as I thought.
0: (laughs) It's one of those things, right? Like you see that record, five draws, two losses, and like it's not happening in a way that you would expect from a program that continues to say, This is the year we're gonna win the conference title, we're gonna make the NCAA tournament. And you've got the what same guy at same? coach. What do
1: you want a coach to say?
0: I want him to follow it up. Like, yes,
1: they should follow it up. But what would you want a coach to say is, Like, eh, we might just draw every game. <laughs> like, well, if what... you're a player, if you're a player, are you gonna go there? Like, oh, he doesn't even care.
0: Well, I mean it would be more truthful, I mean, but, there's
1: times he's probably truthful with maybe his captains or something like that, like yeah, he like no how how it goes, yeah. but I, you're not gonna like in an official press release type manner go like, well, we might do good in conference. we might have a shot at the title, but we're more likely gonna draw every game
0: well and coach <laughs> has had a very good run, yeah. Except for the he's got the wins, he's got the draws, he just doesn't have the hardware. And I, I just get kind of concerned at you've been in a place for like over 20 years and you ain't got no trophies, you ain't got no NCAA tournament appearances. But have they anyways, always
1: been D1 in soccer? Uh,
0: I believe so. So I don't that was. So in what two thousand and six, seven, something like that. That's when we had the shift from NCAA D one A and D one AA to FCS and FBS, and that kind of makes some of the things kind of confusing. Um, they've tr- they've been in all kinds of different um, leagues and stuff like that. Um, you know from the ohio valley conference to you know now conference usa and so forth and so on so they've had a lot of opportunities to beat other teams they just haven't yet um and that's exactly what happened this past week they had a 0-0 draw on the road at evansville and then they went up to purdue and actually played a lot better than i expected um but they didn't get the win uh a 2-1 2-1 to one loss for the toppers in that one. Uh, overall, like I mentioned, one win, two losses, five draws to start the season. Not quite the start that Coach Nadell would have wanted. Um, WQ has really struggled offensively with only three goals over the last five matches. Um, after six in their first two matches, now granted that's a little bit inflated because they beat you know uh, a non-Division 1 opponent by five goals. So uh, the defense and the keeping have been solid. Uh, Maddie in goal for them has been very good. Uh, She's been able to keep them in a lot of matches. She kept them in that Purdue match, um, especially. Um, uh, She's had four shutouts so far. Uh, But the offense just continues to fail this team. And I don't know if it's because of... Poor design uh, on the attack and the the effort that the team is putting into it, or if they've just played some good keepers or what. So I, I don't quite know where to put that blame on, but the poor start is a a little bit of a concern uh, for a long term or a long tenured coach, I should say. Uh, they have literally no momentum heading into conference play. Um, And they have their biggest rival coming to town on Thursday, the 100 miles of hate, uh, the rivalry with middle Tennessee um, now looms even larger than it normally does because WKU needs a win. They need to continue to build up the resume um, and push for that conference USA title. Um, Because right now, Offensive woes, disappointing results are really making me start to, to question uh, what the future of this club is or this team is. So, But, John, with all of that out of the way, that will wrap up today's episode of the Bluegrass Soccer Cast. As always, if you enjoyed our show and you would like to uh, support the show, we do have a Buy Me A Coffee account. Uh, feel free to uh, support the show in any way that you can. We keep our content free here because, you know, we want to keep uh, you all as informed as everyone else is about soccer in our state. Um, so if you're interested in that, feel free to scan the QR code or hit the link down in the bottom. Um, we, Sorry, I got completely sidetracked there for a second, uh, finding my place in my notes here. We always like to thank everybody for watching and joining us on this journey. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media channels, like Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Bluegrass, or I'm sorry, at BG Soccercast. And make sure you give us a listen on all your favorite podcasting platforms, such as Spotify, Google, YouTube, Apple, iHeartRadio, and so many more. When you're on those plat- those pages, make sure you hit uh, like, follow, share, subscribe, whatever the button says. And then let other people know about our show. Continue to promote us and engage with us uh, on our social media platforms. And join our Discord. It's uh, pinned at the top of our um, Twitter page or our X page, whatever. Uh, So make sure that you join our Discord. But with that, I'm Jimmy. That's John. And we will see you all on Wednesday.